Welcome to Rogues on the Road. Discovered in 1812, naked and afraid under the deep and unforgiving canopy of Central Park, this indigenous duo sold their share of the Louisiana Purchase, swam to Port Chester, and set up shop with their co-host, the Standby Gypsy. From their humble beginnings, Rogues on the Road has quickly become the longest-running and most popular food and beverage podcast in recorded history. So, sit back, pour a cold pint, and tighten your spray skirt, you ninny-muggin. You ninny-muggin. Welcome to Rogues on the Road. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us on another episode. I'm Rich. And I'm Matt, and we are on the road at the New York Coffee Festival, and we are definitely caffeinated on so many different <laughs> levels. <laughs> I kind of feel drunk. I'm kind of there. I'm kind of yeah. there. We just had a round of cold brew coffees, and uh, we're back, and cool. we have a very special guest. We did not, we have two guests. We have Mike Love with us again, our coffee guru, educator, guide. From Coffee Labs? Non- coffee Shaman. Co- the coffee, the coffee oh. <laughs> Mike, the coffee shaman, coffee whisper. So he can, he can take ornery coffee and, and tame it. <laughs> And we, we, we have a very special guest, which I'm super psyched you guys had the time to come on. We have Christine from Dandelion Chocolatiers. Is that? Dandelion the, Chocolate. Dandelion Chocolate mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Yes. You are a chocolate educator. Yes. With and the pinkest hair I've ever seen in my life. It is very I'm, bright. I am kind of jealous. It's my signature. It's how you, people recognize it, me. You everywhere. wear it really well. <laughs> it Thank is, you. It's awesome. And we were kind of getting up to the top floor and going through all the vendors, and I we come by your table, and you have a display of chocolate, and then you have these incredible cacao, actually whole cacao Pods. pods. Okay, thank yes. you. Cacao pods. Yes, these are cacao pods. And they are gorgeous and mystical. And we had talked about, while well, my friend is a Peruvian shaman and how mm-hmm. they regard this as like this most spiritual thing. It is really cool looking. It my is. first question was, we're at a coffee festival. Why is there chocolate? <laughs> it's a great question. Thank you. Um, So actually the New York Coffee Festival reached out to us because there is a lot of overlap between the two industries. Um, Specialty coffee is at a point where there's so many amazing specialty coffee makers. They've been focusing so much on sourcing and single origin and all of that sort of stuff. And chocolate is now coming up uh, sort of in its wake. We've been looking a lot to the specialty coffee industry to learn a little bit more about how our industry can grow and how we can, you know, educate people about single origin chocolate uh, and what fine chocolate can taste like as well. Um, so yeah, so we really, really love specialty coffee and I think that you know, coffee and chocolate, they go really nicely together as well. So I think it's a good match. And this is the third time single origin has come up uh, with multiple companies. Today, yeah. yeah. Today, and that's something that, Mike, you've spoken about as well and that has become increasingly important to consumers and to yeah. business owners. Definitely. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys how you guys formed? Sure. One of the coolest things to see at your table mm-hmm. was the process. The you the, the committee concert. Yeah, I yeah. love that thing. That's cool. <laughs> if if you ever come to this coffee festival, it's like you have a mini processing lab yes. from the actual cacao pods to 
actually tasting it on little mini grinders. Yes, yeah. I really like whenever we go out to do anything that's outside of the factory. I like to bring as many things as possible from the factory itself because so many people who have been eating chocolate their whole lives don't know the process have never seen have no idea the process no and that's me they yeah, think, no, they I think th- chocolate grows on bar like, exactly uh, they think uh, grows, grows on the tree the it's grown at the M&M factory yeah. come on yeah. Yeah. Hershey no, Park Hershey Park yeah I, uh, I started working at Dandelion about five and a half years ago um, and when I started I would not have been able to tell you how chocolate was made like I had right. no idea and right. I've been eating chocolate my whole life yeah. so it's something that I, I really like to bring out so we have the cocoa pods plus um, throughout the day we open up the cocoa pods so that people can try the fruit on the inside which people have usually oh, never seen oh, Mike's going yes oh. I can definitely open up this pod for you if you want to no. try some. oh absolutely yeah oh my god oh, oh so the, the, yeah, all yes. I could say is <laughs> it's unlike Text, you have to be prepared texturally, number yes. one. You have to enjoy texture, uh, texture, different textures on your palate. Yes. It is, it's very unique. It's kind of alien. It does look like an alien <laughs> if you open it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Just be careful. Yeah. It may jump out and grab your face, but. <laughs> it's Halloween. So, yeah, exactly. so before, so maybe before we go yeah. into how the business started and, sure. and how long you've been operating and really making it transparent, mm-hmm. what the whole process of chocolate. Yeah. Maybe we should start with the bean and how it's grown. Absolutely. And, and, and all of that. Yeah. So I was uh, just mentioning earlier, um, we've got this cacao pod here. It's you know a little bit bigger than your hand. I usually describe it as sort of like a Nerf football oh, yeah. <laughs> in uh, terms of how big it is. Absolutely. That's good. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, this one in particular, this is from Ecuador. Um, and somebody actually described the color of it today as like a sunset. Oh, yeah, uh, which is pretty true. But you can find these cocoa pods in um, any color you can find an apple in. So you can find green and yellow and oh, really? pink and red and all sorts of different colors you can find these cocoa pods in. And do different colors represent different tastes? Not really. Not okay. in the way that apples do. They okay. do represent different genetic varietals. Okay. But there is so much hybridization in cacao, it's actually really hard to tell exactly what kind of chocolate this is going to make because the seeds inside there's usually between 30 and 50 seeds inside of the pod they're more like siblings than twins so each of these beans can even taste a little bit different that's why so you have twin coffee beans are twins yes right cacaos are siblings siblings Siblings. because the coffee flat if you notice one side's flat one side's round right well, coffee beans, there's two per cherry, and they sit flat against each other. So. I did not know that. Exactly, yep. yeah. So, yeah, so it's a little bit different in terms of the way that it expresses itself. So even this can taste different than a different pod. Um, but you do get different genetic types, so the farmers will know which ones are ripe, which ones are not ripe, based on the color of the pod itself. So um, when was yeah. that harvest? Um, so this was probably harvested earlier this week, honestly. Okay. Because they're fruit, so right, they right. degrade. So I had them delivered uh, to my parents' apartment Perfect. on Thursday. <laughs> That's awesome. How does one, like, uh, okay, I'm going to order. GTS. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> Google that shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we got these. Um, we get these for demonstration. When we get the beans in, we get them after they've already been processed at origin and dried. So we get them in these big bags of just the cocoa beans themselves. Which is similar to coffee. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because in this form, they degrade pretty quickly. Right. Um, it's just like having, coffee. yeah, it's just like having uh, any That's kind of fruit sitting It's a out. fruit. Yeah. 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 People, people don't always think of chocolate as a fruit. It's, uh, but it comes from a fruit. 
Um, and yeah, so like I was saying, uh, you can see it has a very thick stem here. Yeah. So it doesn't grow off like the ends of a branch. It's basically growing its own new branch because it is quite heavy. Like a Brussels sprout. Yeah. So it's growing yeah. um, right off the trunks of the trees. So right. if you look through a forest of these, these are all just like hanging off of the trees. It looks kind of Susian. Yeah. It is uh, very Dr. Seuss. I have been to a coffee plantation in St. Lucia, but it was a little touristy. Coffee um, or chocolate? Sorry, chocolate plantation. Yeah. And... Uh, it it is an alien looking fruit. It does. There's yeah. nothing else on the planet that resembles something like that. It's really odd, and I think that's why Peruvian shamans, mm -hmm. uh, you know, look over this thing as this like mystical fruit. Sure, you know? and I mean, people have been eating uh, cacao in some f like the seed of the cacao for at least 5,500 years. Oh, wow. The earliest evidence we have is in southern Ecuador around 3,500 BC. Wow. So people have. People in South and Central America have been eating these cacao beans for a really, really long time. It's got a lot of cultural significance. Wow. I'm extremely, extremely healthy for you. Is it? I was going to ask yeah. that. Yeah. That's why I consume. I yeah. I never, I never know how to answer the healthy question because I'm not a scientist and I haven't done any studies on them. Over to you, Matthew. Extremely yeah. high in antioxidants in uh, different types of caffeine. Yep. Yes, so There's it has caffeine and it has theobromine. So you are a scientist. You got it. <laughs> I know science words. There you uh, go. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need. So, yeah, so it has caffeine and it has theobromine. So it has two kinds of stimulants. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, actually, uh, like for me, generally coffee, like when I was drinking coffee regularly, I could have four cups of coffee and then take a nap. Like it didn't really affect me. But if I have too much chocolate, like I yeah, feel it. You I feel very it. much feel it. And... Um, like I've definitely gotten chocolate drunk at okay. events that I've been to before where you're just eating too much yeah. dark chocolate yeah. and it's just all the, it's very, very, it just makes your heart go crazy. Great. It also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grab your paddles. Exactly. It also has some uh, uh, chemical compounds that feel good compounds, endorphins. Yeah, you know, uh, so. ananadines yeah. is oh, the so most common one. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Well ananadines is one of the most common ones. Our um, Ecuador bar, actually, the beans that we have from Camino Verde, Ecuador, um, they did some testing on them, and they're pretty high in ananadines um, for cocoa beans. So it's called like the, the bliss molecule or something like that. Yep. So uh, we used to say it was, you know, it makes you even happy, it makes you really happy whenever you uh, eat it. That's why. Yeah, right. That's why you send chocolate. We should send chocolate to all the world leaders. <laughs> Solve all the problems. That's exactly. it. Here, here you go. We're good. Yes, exactly. So, all right. So, are we going to crack this open? Let's crack it open. Here. Oh wow! Sweet. All right. I might. I, I might put this on. Just take a little video of it. Yeah. A little Dang. video of this. This is great. Wait, you're actually hold on. A second. Hang on, Matt. Oh, we got you. You should be hold on. All right. Okay. So be good. Hold on. We're gonna. Everyone, hold the, the table firmly. We're cracking pods. Is it difficult to crack? Um, I'm, I've gotten quite good at it. Oh, yeah, it did okay. take me a little bit. It's not like yeah. a coconut. No. Okay. It's a little bit. It's more like a squash. Okay. All right, ready? One, two. Crack. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there it yeah. is. There yeah, oh, go. there we go. Well done. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Very super alien like wow. it is. But it's like intestine. But if you smell the aromatics, it's yeah, almost definitely. very banana. Like you get that first aromatic of a, like a Ooh, really heavy totally banana. Yes. Pretty decent. Yeah, it's brain fruit. Oh, it's um very squashy. 
Yeah, so you can see the outside here, that whole outside, the thickness of a squash, yeah. and it's, yeah, it's it squishy. It's it not is. hard like a coconut. Yeah. It is very squishy. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to give you one of these. Yeah, totally. So I would suggest first um, sort of suck on it like a hard candy and just sort of take off all the fruit on the outside. All the mucilage. Yeah, all the mucilage. Mucilage. Fancy. Reminds me of um, Mm. lychee. Yes, lychee is one of the really, really common descriptors for this one. Lychee, citrus. Mm -hmm. There's some beautiful mango notes on there. A little bit of banana too, a little bit of banana flavor. Um, and then go ahead and you can bite into the bean and you All can right. try the cocoa bean itself. I am inside. thoroughly enjoying just so. kind of yes. the texture. The, the, we call it the pulp. Uh, yeah. Mucilage is not the nicest term. <laughs> but Ooh. we call it the pulp and um, we make a smoothie out of it in our cafe up in San Francisco, actually. And when you bite into it, totally different. Yeah. Okay. They're almost texturally, it's not as, has a sponginess of like a coconut. Mm-hmm. But almost similar to a soft like a coconut. But hard like a nut. Hard like a nut and almost resembling that first bite in a Brazilian nut. Right. I definitely get a a coconutty type, very, 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 very light coconutty. And now it's moving into a bitterness. Yes. Oh, yeah. So also because the texture, it's kind of squishy almost. It's not like a nib, which is like very hard, like a nut. Um, so I usually describe this feels to me more like a lima bean yeah, <laughs> than anything yeah, else because yeah. it's, it's more vegetal than it is like like chocolatey or right. nutty to me. Any relation to a nut? Uh, no, it's a seed because right. it's the seed of, right. the, of the tree. Right. This tastes nothing remotely like, like chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> like chocolate. <laughs> that you would know of. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, so you can see it Oh, the but it is an oh. actual, looking at the inside so of, of the them, seed, it is brown. Yeah. So some yeah, of them are it. brown, but yeah. let me take, there's one that I had that was really purple. It was kind of purpley. So typically, you'll find them in various shades of sort of like purplish, oh, wow. brown, um, white, or yellow. And um, that's the color that they'll be beforehand, and it's really only after the fermentation phase that you get to that really rich, dark brown that you associate with chocolate. Right. That is amazing. So I actually have a a really interesting question, and it kind of relates back to the coffee thing. Now, you talk about the fermentation. Yes. And I know the whole process is very similar to coffee. What, when we talk about cacao fermentation, Mm -hmm. what is that fermentation process? Sure. So, and um, and hmm. I, I'm going to piggyback that. That fermentation seems like because this is nowhere even in the realm of what you, if I blind tasted this and told me that this is chocolate, right. yeah. um, I'm guessing the fermentation develops what, a lot of flavor. And if you can explain um, that, that's where... It, yes. Okay. Yeah. So fermentation is a huge flavor creation step for all of our producers. So um, there's a couple different ways you can ferment cocoa beans, but the most popular way amongst most of our, most of our producers is a tiered box format. So you basically set up a series of wooden boxes, like a staircase. You put a ton of beans and fruit, just strip them out of a bunch of different pods, put them all into that top box. You let them sit there for about two days, tumble them down to the next box, let them sit there for about two days, tumble them down, let them sit there. So it takes about a week. And through that whole time, um, all the yeast in the air, uh, it's a wild fermentation, is going to eat away at that fruit, which is so sweet uh, and really light, and it's going to run off as alcohol. 
and then acetobacteria create oh, acetic acid. Oh, so you're getting you're getting Twi- l- yeah, like uh, sour fermentation, lactobacillus yeah. yes, kind of exactly. lactobacillus, yeah. Yeah, so you're creating acetic acid. That acetic acid gets inside of the bean and creates all of these channels inside the bean and off gases inside of it, changes the color of it, changes so much of the makeup of the bean inside. And then um, after that, all the fruit is gone and we take out the beans. It's just the beans, no more fruit. And they look like more like walnuts on the inside and that really compact bean that you saw earlier. That is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Who would know? And then yeah, the yeah. roasting, if I'm correct in saying the roasting is what helps develop that into correct. a consumable product. Right. And like coffee, different varietals, cultivars all take a different style right. of roasting. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, all the all that fermentation and then all the drying, which is the next step to get rid of all the moisture and to stop the fermentation process. That all happens at origin. And then our biggest thing that we can do to affect and develop the flavor of the beans is our roasting step, absolutely. The, and that, so there are an enormous amount of variables involved yes. in <laughs> in getting to that final flavor. It yeah. sounds a lot like winemaking. Yes. Um, you know, there's a lot of variables, coffee, roasting, like beverages in general, they all yeah. are very, very... I s- thought it was a water fermentation like coffee i thought they actually sat in water fermentation like enough of the pulp is stripped off with a dispulpador and then it's Mm. nope yeah that's super cool that it's dry fermented like that yeah exactly and 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 wild yeast so wild yeast so like san francisco with sourdough breads there's you know you have that one strain of yeast that is just present because of the conditions in san francisco and if you uh those wooden boxes i was talking about um if you build new ones or you change them you get a different flavor because we sort of say that those boxes like act like sourdough right. starters. Yeah. You know, they act like they attract the same things right. back to them. It's really That's interesting. Amazing. Yeah. And so it's all, do any uh, chocolate, uh, I guess you can call them breweries almost, because that's what they're... Fermentaries. Fermentaries, oh. right? Yes. Yeah. Fermentaries, do they, um, do they inoculate with uh, bacteria and yeast? Sure. Or, or to keep more of a consistent flavor? And I'm guessing that would be places like, you know large, big ag cacao farms. Sure. So the interesting thing is that uh, the majority of the world's cocoa is grown by smallholder farmers. Um, So they're all doing this really small scale and typically doing wild ferments. I do know of one person that we work with who has done inoculations, um, mainly by, again, stripping off different amounts of the fruit, putting it back in in different amounts, Mm -hmm. um, putting in different uh, sugars like banana sugar sometimes with things to attract in different yeasts and inoculations, um, but he is super scientific. Like, he just loves the, fr- he's a, you know, he's like a brewer. He yeah. loves fermentation yep, and playing awesome. around with it, but most of the producers who we work with, most of the producers in the world are using wild ferments. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's complex. That is complex yeah. and goes to show you, actually, you know, if you thought chocolate was a one-dimensional thing because, yeah. because big chocolate manufacturers want you to feel that way. Yeah. Well... The, the biggest thing that I always say whenever um, people ask me, like, well, how, how does, um, you know, uh, a big chocolate bar taste the same every time I try it? And this is like, these are so different. And it's totally different goals. Their goal is for it to be consistent. And having now been making chocolate for five and a half years, that is 
crazy to me that you're yeah. able to make a chocolate bar taste the same twice. And how does I do that? There's so many. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different steps. The biggest thing is that we really don't know right. because they're they're very black box right, about right, it. Right. They're very like secretive. Same thing in the spirit industry. Yeah, but <laughs> like it's so variable. There's so many steps, uh, both on the producer side and on the chocolate maker side, that can influence the flavor of that bar. That is exciting. That yeah. is awesome. So is that is that how the company kind of came to be? Um, how did sure. how did the actual company kind of yeah. get into processing it? So we were started in 2010 um, by our founders, Todd and Cam. Um, they had started a business together before this, and then um, they had some time and some energy, uh, and they really loved chocolate. And <laughs> they had, you know, sort of engineer minds, wow. and they heard you could make chocolate at home. Like they heard this was a thing that was possible. So they started trying it GTS. out. GTS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they found a website called Chocolate Alchemy um, that is online that ha- is a huge resource for a lot of starting chocolate makers. And they started making chocolate in their friend's garage. Um, and they like set up all of these steps that we now do in our factory, but on a much larger scale. They set them up in these many DIY ways. And they started making them. Their friends liked them. Their family liked them. They started selling them at farmer's markets. Then they went all in and they started um, the process of getting our first factory on Valencia Street in San Francisco. And from there, it's just been growing, growing, growing ever since then. It's because you've also, when you try your chocolate, it's it's completely different than unique, right? what most palates. It's so unique and amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's got so much depth of character to it. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. I didn't. I was living in the Matrix. I didn't realize <laughs> this chocolate yeah. was was actually had depth of flavor. Yeah. Well, it, that's especially with dark chocolate. Um, when I before I started dandelion, I would have said I didn't like dark chocolate right. because most of what I'd had is very nope. bitter, very like dark. Um, when I'd had dark chocolate, right. um, but our chocolate has it's so flavorful yeah. all on its own. Even even at 100 percent, it's so flavorful all on its own um, that. I do like dark chocolate now, and so whenever somebody comes in, and is like, "Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't eat milk do chocolate." I'm always like, "Well, then you should try this one as like your your gateway your right. <laughs> right. into yep. into liking this." Right. I, I promise you, just like try it, yeah. And what's so you so it arrives to you? It arrives to you in in as a, what we call raw beans, raw beans. after drying. Okay, yeah. and then how do, take us from there? How sure. does it how does it go into chocolate, mm-hmm. and then how does it go into your other products and, sure. and how you're it's just like a couple blinks and a wiggle of the nose yeah. <laughs> so it's so uh, super easy yeah. <laughs> i wish we had a magic sound so we get in the beans um and we first sort the beans so we get rid of any defects in the beans um we also get rid of things that aren't chocolate things like rocks which sometimes come over in bags oh, you know. fun. that stuff too yes nice. i think everybody who imports agricultural yeah. products gets uh, the, the occasional <laughs> rock but our producers are amazing and we we don't get very often but every once in a while we find a rock and we, we go to oh check, we go check <laughs> it. And, and doing single origin type stuff yes. it's very labor intensive oh, absolutely. i mean it's, it's all very labor but I, i'd be okay with a rock I'm, yeah. I'm okay with it every I'm once totally in a while. I'm totally fine with the rock once yeah. in a while. Just maybe not a snake. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. We, yeah. So I've found some pretty big spiders. Oh. Yeah. We found a, a frog once. Oh, buddy. No yeah. kidding. A little squished frog. Oh, oh squished? Yeah. Oh, no. He oh, was okay. very dead. No, the spiders <laughs> were very alive. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, can, I, can I just add a little caveat to that? Yeah. Death by chocolate? 
Yes. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty All right, good. so let's go back to roasting <laughs> yeah, know. and preparing so we, uh, so we stored everything. Um, we get rid of defects in the beans. We get rid of anything that's not cocoa. We then roast. Um, so we roast. Um, we actually have a Diedrich roaster, which is what a lot of the coffee uh, coffee manufacturers do. Yeah. Oh, same same roaster. Same roaster. But ours is a specifically for cocoa roasting because cocoa. The gearing is that the gearing and yeah. the shape of the interior of the drum. Exactly. So the shape of the interior of the drum is different. It also rotates slower. Yep. Um, and also cocoa tends to roast lower for longer because it's a much bigger cocoa. Right. Cocoa beans are much bigger than coffee beans. What sort of temp? Um, so I don't know what the new, what the new roaster is, the new Dietrich okay. roaster, but I know that our old roaster was typically like around 170 for <laughs> like 18 minutes up to around 235 for 35 minutes. Oh, so. pretty quick. Much yeah. lower temperature than yeah. what yes. we do on our end in coffee. And do yeah. you have that? I mean, when I see, when I see you roasting or Dave roasting literally within, it's less than a second that he makes or you make that decision to dump. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, because going that one second over can change the flavor profiles at the center sure. with the with the. Cocoa. So instead of doing that, where like, because a lot of coffee roasters, right, you're standing by, you're waiting for the crack. What we do instead is, um, it's really hard to be able to tell what the chocolate's going to taste like, even in the roasted bean form. So one of our um, chocolate makers takes some responsibility of creating the roast profile by making a lot of different roast profiles, turning it into chocolate using miniature versions of our machinery. And so usually we take about three weeks of time just making small batches of different roast profiles, getting data, collecting data, doing taste tests, going through this whole process, and then we stick to that formula. That sounds very time-consuming in the beginning, but but once you get it dialed in... Once you get it dialed in, then... Then it's pretty replicable. Yeah, there are certain slight variations that you, as a roaster need to adjust for you know the moisture content is never going to be exact sure you know bean sizes density all that matters in the roasting process and i'm sure with cacao especially so we're always doing also taste tests have just been hugely important for us to implement at every single step of this process so after roasting we are still doing a taste test of the nibs to make sure that there's nothing incredibly off we are okay with a little bit of variation but it is quite a bit of work which is why on the front of our bar you'll see that says ron there for sierra leone roast profile by ron this is the person who went to all that effort to do all those tests make all those batches and run and collect all that data thanks ron yeah thank you ron Ron, i love this is one of my favorite bars of sierra leone so thanks ron that's cool (laughs) so there's there's a little bit of ownership yes yeah we we try as much as possible to connect it back you know, to the origin and to the people who are running the origin, people who are growing the cacao, as well as the people in the factory who good. also put all the effort into it once it gets yeah. to us as well. Yeah, oh, good for that them. is that's freaking cool. Yeah. That is yeah. really cool because there's always that. Again, up to this point, it's always been the chocolate comes from the chocolate factory. Yeah, the big monolithic. They don't yeah. want factory. they the right and the left they, factory. They <laughs> don't right. <laughs> they don't want you to know how it's. Yeah. They don't. They don't want you to know how much the farmers are paid, yeah. and for you know. Oh, so speaking of, of payment, if anybody's very interested, um, we just released our sourcing report, which is our transparency report um, for the beans that we bought through the last year, last two years. Um, and in it, it says um, how much we bought from every source, how much we paid, and our entire logistics chain. That's so if amazing. you're really interested in importers and exporters of cocoa into the U.S., um, you can totally take a look at that. It's a free PDF on our website. That's but cool. that's, that's also that's cool that you did yeah, that. That's We're not, 
we're working on ones. It's hard. It's a lot yeah, of work it's a to lot put of work. them together. But yeah. that's not only cool. It provides data yes. for advocacy groups. Yes. So yeah. it's it not only it not only is it cool, but that's really yeah. really important data, so that it makes it easier for other companies yeah. to uh, uh, to do what you guys are doing, what Donna's doing, what uh, mm-hmm. Sailaway is doing, what you're doing. No, no one's hiding nothing. Transparent. Yeah. And on, I mean, we we had an issue. I don't know if you if you run into any cacao farmers that have come up to your facility, and mm. we had just a quick note like one of. The coffee farmers came up and saw we pay four fifty five per pound. He visited coffee sixteen seventy five. Que pasó? Okay, let's sit down and discuss costs. Now I have rent. I have my sat my employees mm-hmm. salary electric. So finally, all said and done, we're roughly within a few pennies of the same margins. Right. So he was like, oh, okay, okay no problem. Yeah. Now, now I understand. And yeah. that, I think that's a big disconnect of, sure. with the regular consumer base and end yeah. user. They don't understand, you know, they see commodity prices. Well, why am I paying this? Is Well, I could tell you the farmer. I could put a face to it. And sure. every step of the way is all part of why this special product is what it is and what I am not hiding market, anything. Yeah. yeah what yeah. the why the market is the cost that the market is at. Yeah. yeah. The other great thing is that um, we're not the single chocolate maker for any of these producers. They're all selling to other chocolate makers. Right. If you were up there um, next to us, Svenska has Coco Camellia Tanzania, yeah. and everybody's working with so they all know we're all in the same range. We're not. Right. You know, we're not doing anything crazy, and if we're charging higher, it's because, like, you know, the quality and because the other things that we're adding on top of it, the all these logistics. other steps that we're doing. Also, just, like, all these other steps. I've only gone through roasting and sorting. We've still got, like, four more steps in the chocolate-making <laughs> process. Like, there's a lot more things that, that happen to those cocoa beans. Um, and we have uh, – we try and go and visit our producers at least once a year ourselves. Um, we have our cocoa sourcer, Greg. He goes around and he – visits all these farms himself. That sounds like a sucky job. I know, right? I run into some of the, I've run into chocolate buyers <laughs> on my travels. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like you'll wind up in a region yeah. and you and I and a couple other people from the same industry will be like, hey. Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, we all, yeah, we all see each other. And um, and we've had them come and we always bring our bars to go to go to visit these producers so they can That's try great. what we're making. That's awesome. Yeah. And we've had them come up. One of our producers for, um, our, one of our Ecuador uh, producers we work with um, when we opened up our new factory in San Francisco, uh, he came up to come to the opening night party. It was That's really brilliant. fun to see him. Yeah, That's so, cool. yeah, it's great. That is really Full cool. Full circle connection Absolutely. between end user and prod and, yeah. and those, farmer. Those are all just great principles to have. Yeah. So. What's next? What's next? All right, take us to the next. All right. So, so now we've got beans. We've got roasted, roasted. roasted beans. So these are some roasted beans here. Not to be confused with almonds. Don't go yeah. deep on no, those. No, no. They, they resemble a messed up almond. They do. Um, yeah. So if you want to grab one. Like almonds, <laughs> almond on the short bus. This is like, a fun audio, I think. So the next thing you have to do is you have to break and winnow. So you're first going to break it. Okay. And then it's going to fall oh, into yeah, your yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a whole bunch of pieces. You've got this lighter, papery outer husk. You want to separate that apart and eat just the cocoa nibs on the inside. The dark a bit. I got a whole one. <gasps> yep. That's good luck. Wow, you got the whole nib out without breaking that, it? Yeah. Good luck. Take a picture. 
Wow, yes. the whole pot, the whole little one. Actually, maybe I'll give it. Maybe I'll I've give been, it. Maybe I'll give this, this one to Rocio. Now that that's good luck. That's a good one to have. <laughs> but yeah, so you separate away the husk and you keep all of the nib on the inside. So wait, I can't eat my yeah, whole nib. You can eat that whole nib. Okay. You can well, eat that, the whole nib. Does that mean my luck was going to run out? No, no. Okay. If you eat it, it's even luckier, obviously, because then you have now you See, have. I, a, I, I need that. That's good. More chocolate. Cho- more chocolate. <laughs> oh, it just broke up. <laughs> You blew it. But yeah, so you can see um, all those all those um, cracks that were created during the fermentation process. All those uh, those channels breaks apart into these nibs now. Right. Awesome. Oh, that awesome is. Nibs. So we use cocoa nibs in um, often uh, in gin mm. as a as a flavoring component, sure. and uh, that is. It's like a nut. Yeah. It's. It's kind of like a nut. It's like nutty chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. With actually some coffee notes to it. Mm, yeah. I also get, um, these are from Madagascar. Um, these also tend to have a little bit of acidity, a little bit of sourness. Yep. Um, somebody described them to me as a sour peanut one time, which I feel like is a, a, pretty, a pretty good descriptor most of the time. Yeah, it's definitely got some acidity. Yeah. That's that sour note kind of coming through. Yeah. It's such a good munchy food, though. I know. And is it? It's good for you, or is it high in? Sa- it's high in saturated fats, right? I mean, it's uh, it's as high in fat as any chocolate bar is going to be. Okay. Yeah. Each of these cocoa nibs is approximately fifty percent cocoa butter, okay. which is what turns into liquid chocolate. So, um, you also have a machine that's going to do this for you, right? No, we have to all do it by hand. I, I'm yeah. like, yes. damn, mortar and pestle. Yeah, yeah. that's. I mean, matates is how it, how it used to be. Yeah. So, that is. If you have not had a cacao nib, that is straight, straight up, yeah. That is really good. So these are the so the cocoa nibs. Um, that's what we need to keep because this husk, if you if you know if you break this up, it just shreds like paper. It's just fiber. So we have to get rid of that husk because if it goes into the chocolate, it'll make it really gritty, um, and it will be like you're putting a bunch of fiber into your chocolate. Can so, you do anything with the husk? So actually, um, up in the uh, I believe up in uh, up at the chocolate factory uh, alley up there, um, one of the other companies, uh, Markman Fitz, they make a tea out of it. Oh, wow. Interesting. So yeah, so you can definitely brew this um, as a tea. Um, you can make. I know uh, people at the factory have experimented with various things. Um, we usually give it to uh, farms to um, use as uh, mulch. Yeah, it's oh, a pretty good small, mulch. Yeah. Yep. Pretty good uh, yep. compost. Yeah. Yep. Um, we also uh, somebody made a charcoal briquette out of it. Some people like marinate things in it. Uh, cool. Yeah. Recycle. Uh, Mike has a question. I do it with the same. I, I've used the uh, cacao nib husks, and smoked, with them. Oh wow! Like you make. Oh you wow! Take all, it's yeah. basically parchment. You pack it in like a PVC tube, with open ends. Drill holes around the main two parts, soak yeah. it, let it dry, and then take it out. And you could use them as a sm- smoke as for a Ooh, smoker. Totally like duck. Uh-huh. duck. Oh, totally. I would but try you've that. already. D- I mean, they do duck a l'orange or duck right. with chocolate. Right, and right. So it's a per- if yeah. it's a perfect match. I've never done it with fish, but I've done it with meat. Oh, I've cool. had I've had fish marinated in husk before. It's was one of the best meals I've had. Was this fish marinated in husk? It was. I really have to do good. that with cascara. <laughs> These are yeah. all like great potential little secondary little niches. It just takes somebody with an idea to for it, yeah. and to get enough. It's of reusable. We tried a bunch of different little things, right? The way. Like but the we make so much. All chocolate makers make so much husk. Yeah, we, go, sure. we we create so much husk yeah. when we're going through this. It's about thirty percent by weight. Wow. From roasting. Oh, wow. From from like when we get beans that have been sorted through the roasting and the breaking and winnowing process, we lose about thirty percent by weight. Wow. 
That's yeah. a lot of husk. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. So it when you're tasting it, we're not quite at chocolate yet. No. It's getting closer. A little but, sour. But but each step we keep getting yes. you, you we're getting the notes. So get more and more developed. Right, it's getting more and more exactly. developed. All right, so what's next? So next is you have to grind this up into chocolate, into something that looks more like chocolate. So we have these machines, the ones that you saw upstairs in our miniature form, which are our melangers. And it's um, called a what? A melanger. A melanger. Oh, I yes. thought they were called a concher. So one of the things that they do is conching. Yes. Another hold uh, up. Lucky. Oh, save that one. So one of the things that they're doing is conching, which is aerating the chocolate. Oh, As you okay. aerate the chocolate, um, you evaporate off some of the more volatile aromas. So that's going to be things like your more vinegary flavors, your more acidic, more astringent, the really, really strong, intense things. You're going to aerate that out. So sometimes when you're putting in the nibs uh, for like 20 minutes, it smells so strongly of vinegar, just like coming right off that molecule. Wow. I would not imagine yeah. that. Well, this is a lot of acetic exactly. acid. Yep. Yes, there's still a lot of that in there. So you, you evaporate off that. That's called conching. The second thing it's doing is refining. So you have to take it from this very big nib down to something that's so smooth that it melts in your mouth and your tongue doesn't detect any particles. Right. It's about 20 microns thin. So um, our melangers, they're two stone wheels and then a stone base, and the base spins, and those wheels grind against that base. It's so funny that in this day and age of technology, that's... Yeah, we're using stone they, grinders. Yeah. yeah, it's like alligators. That's you cool. know, evolution got it right the first time around. Why you change know, it? Why yeah, change right, it? Really. Stone, you know, oh, is that traditional? Well, no, it just happens to be the best it way works. to produce yeah. it. At our scale, yeah, it's just the, the best way for us to work uh, to work with it right now. So they they grind against it. Um, this is also when we add in sugar because the sugar also needs to be ground down and mixed throughout the entire batch. Um, and they grind against one another. They are grinding and refining and conching uh, in those melangers, which are um, the ones that we have up, the one we had upstairs was one kilo. It makes one kilo of chocolate. The ones we have at the factory are 30 kilos. So oh, wow. 30 times as that large. Size. Yeah. It takes them five days. Wow. Yeah. So five days of constant <laughs> grinding. Because if yeah. they stop, they cool and solidify. So they have, they go 24 seven, those machines. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... You said there's stone. Yeah. So is it is it possible you can get like stone dust in? No, we haven't had yeah. any issues with that. We basically uh, you like run stuff through them when you first get the machines in, mm -hmm. and you just you toss all of that because yeah. if there is anything that's going to come off of it's that, gone. it's going to be then it's going to be gone. Yeah. We also do put all of our chocolate through um, like a vibratory sieve, yeah. um, just to get rid of any particles. And it's not stone particles; it's nib particles that just right. haven't gotten fully refined. Right. So we haven't had any issues with that. That is fascinating. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Good old-fashioned way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So five. So it takes five days on average. Yeah, from the nibs going in to the, the chocolate coming out. And is that where a real experienced chocolate, chocolate, chocolatier? Chocolate maker. Chocolate maker. Yes. Chocolatier, I think, is someone who sells chocolate. So chocolate. So chocolate makers take beans, turn them into chocolate. Chocolatiers take chocolate, turn them into things. Oh, okay. got you. So oh. chocolatiers have a whole other set of That's amazing skills, skills yeah. like panning and dipping and uh, tempering and all these other things that are not chocolate making skills. Gotcha. Yeah. And you guys are strictly chocolate making. Sure. So we have chocolatiers who we work with. Um, right. We also have, you know, a pastry chef who also has chocolatiering skills. We also do um, tempering, which is the stage after melanging, which is a chocolatiering skill as well. Um, but we have a machine to do it as opposed to people to do it. And right. typically chocolatiers, you know, they can hand temper or they yeah. can have a machine to temper. Right. Um, and yeah, so we work with people to create these other things like our chocolate covered almonds or 
toffee brittle and things like that. We'll work with them because that's their skill set. We just, we know how to make chocolate. Yeah. And after the five days, mm -hmm. how does the process stop? How do you get the chocolate? I'll see what I'm picturing right now yeah. is two stones covered in chocolate. You're about right. How <laughs> <laughs> That'd be it. Silicone spatula finger. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. How, how does it go from, how's it go from this five days in the stone how does it go from that point to where, where does it go next sure so the melangers um the the 30 kilo ones you know they're about this now they're about like the size of like my torso or so a little bit taller um she's do they have she's, she's 10 feet tall i'm very, very tall. <laughs> she's seven and a half feet actually <laughs> without the shoes uh, that's so, the great thing about podcasts so they tilt forward um, so that all the chocolate pours out the front okay. of them. Um, we catch it in uh, these big sort of block molds. So they're sort of making like five kilo blocks of chocolate. Okay. Um, we let those cool because then we can um, package them up in plastic and keep them until they're ready to go on to the next stage. This is how we help to sort of schedule out our production week. Right, right, right. So we can make many batches, but we don't have to immediately temper them. So we basically pour them out. Once it stops pouring smoothly, then you go in there with a scraper and you go in just like full body and you scrape wow. off all those wheels. That sounds so, like an awful job. I know. When I first started working at Dandelion, um, everybody who works at Dandelion does a half day working on the production team when you first start. Good. So you learn, yeah. you know, what's yeah. happening in the factory, even if you're, you know, in the finance team or <laughs> in the barista, you know, that's you, awesome. you, you, you should learn. That's, yeah. that's brilliant. So um, my first day that I was doing that, um, they were doing our most difficult, like, thickest batch of chocolate, which is um, this like 70% that was just really, really thick and hard to work with. Um, so they had me helping out emptying that melanger and I was just covered all the way up to my shoulder in chocolate, <laughs> just trying to scrape all this chocolate out of that melanger. That's not like it in the great. restaurant industry like that, you know, you can be covered in a lot of stuff. <laughs> That sounds like that sounds not wonderful. Too bad. That doesn't Cocoa sound... butter is very good for your skin. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh my god, that yeah. is amazing. It was great. Yeah. All right, so then it goes. It comes out. It goes, goes into blocks. blocks. We then take those blocks and we put them uh, to melt and temper. Gotcha. So when you have the chocolate right out of the melanger, if you've ever had a chocolate bar like melt in your car yep. and then reform again yep. when it gets cold, it gets those dustiness, yes. those white yep. spots. Yes. White streaking. White, yeah. yeah, look like, yeah. Yeah, like, so that means the chocolate is not in temper because the chocolate is um, a kind of an emulsion. So it's fat, cocoa butter, suspending all the solid particles. So all the cocoa powder, the solids, and the sugar. So if that cocoa butter isn't properly crystallized, then it starts to separate apart like oil and water. Oh, wow. So the way you do that is you basically heat and cool and agitate the chocolate in a very specific way that is specific to each origin that we work with, of course. Of course. Um, of course. Let's, let's, let's add another level of complexity to it. Yeah. Um, so that when it comes out, it should be shiny and have a nice snap and melt evenly in your mouth. So we have a tempering machine, which does this process for us. You can do it by hand. It's quite difficult. I've been learning slowly over the last like year or so to how to temper by myself. It's really difficult. Um, but so we have a machine that does that. It pours it out into our molds. We cool them for about 15 minutes and they pop right out of those molds. We then hand foil every bar. I love yeah. Lucy's scenario. Yeah, I, I see that. Yeah. You see that going there. When I was first starting at Dandelion, I was our packaging manager. So very I love Lucy situations <laughs> happening, yes. No, we hand foil our, yeah. our, our chocolate. We hand foil the It bars. makes a difference. As an end, as a consumer, yeah. Wait, actually, I'm it gonna, makes a I difference here. when I open something that was hand wrapped instead of machine 
machine yeah. rap. Yeah. What's it's all right. different? It's also it's got love behind it. Yeah. yeah, it's also your last. It's the last time you're seeing it from a producer yeah. to then the consumer. So it gives you eyes on the lot. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah, it's a good quality control stuff too. Because if something has come out of temper, we can melt it back down. Does that mean it has a bad temper? Yeah, sorry. It's lost its temper. I think that's my second. It's lost its temper. I got. I'm on two. Let's get back on the grind. I'm on (laughs) two chocolate puns. Sometimes I like chocolate. Um, And then we wrap it in our. um, It's a cloth-based paper uh, from India that we work with, Um, and we use a machine from 1955 to wrap it up because of course. How many uh, varieties of bars are there that you produce? Um, so right now, I think we work with 13 different origins, and okay. we have three different percentage levels, 70, 85, and 100%. Not all of them are at all three. Mo- everything is at 70, pretty much. Um, we, have a, we have three that are 85, and then we have one that's at 100%. So this is weird, because it's only been in the last few years I've really started to see 100% bars yeah. emerging on the market. What was... You never really saw it. You got into the 80s, mm-hmm. but then you really realmed into Baker's chocolates right. and real just... Oh, gosh. Baker's chocolate Do you want to know my, my, my favorite fun fact for, for Baker's yeah. chocolate? Baker's chocolate, if you like go to the store and you get Baker's chocolate, oh. that is uh, not because it's used for baking. Baker's is a brand name made from John Baker. Of course. Dr. Yeah, John Baker. Of course. And so, I, yeah. like Amy and that was our only. But we use it for baking now. Growing up, having so that class powder, yeah, having really Baker's chocolate, having Baker's chocolate was like it was just pure acid and bitter. <laughs> yeah. It was, oh, it's it was disgusting. It's, it's acid exactly. and bitter, and so you're like, oh no, I don't do dark chocolate, or yeah, exactly. I don't do 100. percent That's, that's what, what happens. Makes but that's think that way. so yeah. that's why I can't do that. But yes, you can because once you start getting into 100 percent cacao. Of good quality and good origin, good processing. Yep. It's very, um, I mean, it, it, it's bold, it's, but it's yeah. very, I think it's very palatable. It's the same way of like people who, like, you wouldn't want to drink a bad cup of coffee black or like in an espresso shot. Like, it's hard to drink it because it just doesn't taste good. But if you are working with great beans and you're really, you know, taking care to watch the quality of it, 100% is no different than having like a yep. shot of espresso. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, so dropping This is the hundred percent. Yeah, tidbit of not about the baker's, baker's? chocolate. I know. I teach our oh, history of chocolate. That's class, a, I am so. Uh, that's like one of those random so infos. Speaking of hundred percent, this is hundred percent. This is hundred percent. So we're this is from uh, Camino Verde, Ecuador. Okay, hundred percent chocolate. So we're gonna try this. Yes, love it. Nice and shiny. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> Damn. Wow. That is, oh, and it, it uh, develops. Oh, yeah. yeah, it does. So as it melts, yes. as it melts, it gets more intense. Mm-hmm. A little sweeter. Uh, but you get, now it's hitting the bitter, but it's very pleasant. Yeah, that's an experience. Yeah. That is how chocolate is supposed to. Yeah, so cocoa butter melting is the, the vehicle for you to be able to taste it. So it does develop as it sits on your palate, yeah, as it right. melts in your mouth. This is very similar to... Again, the Peruvian ceremonial cacao, um, very similar in flavor, but I'm used to having it in a drink. Yeah, right. Hot sure, water sure. and uh, hot water and spice, uh, like cayenne pepper. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that is, and it's still, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it keeps giving, doesn't it? But it has that wonderful bitterness that you enjoy from good coffee. Yes. Exactly. It's, an, it's a pleasant acidity as opposed to an off, off-putting acidity. The li- I mean... And your nose... Be Actually breathing in through your nose, getting that whole flavor. So yeah. that whole, your sub-olfactory the, the, system. Yeah, the retronasal um, oh. uh, uh, what's called? That's oxygenation, awesome. it also helps to develop flavor. You can also try the 70%. This one's from Tanzania. If I highly suggest, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> I highly suggest get this chocolate. And slather yourself in it. <laughs> listen listen yeah, to yeah, the yeah. podcast. Listen to the podcast. But when we... And follow along with us yeah. and try this chocolate when you get to this point. Yeah. If you can get your hands on some raw cacao beans, yeah. that might help too. Which but they, uh, they become more accessible to people, yeah, I, mean, I believe. Definitely roasted beans. You can find roasted beans a lot of places now. So This is Tanzania. 70%. This is 70%. 70%. Okay. Yeah. So this is our 70% from Tanzania. Much sweeter. When you get, yeah, 70% mm. is good. It is. Notice a profile. Tawar region, it, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Completely different. More fruit, citrus. Nice floral notes. There's like an underlying jasmine. Mm. There's some really nice sweet citrus notes. That's what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. And the flavor changes every chew. That's amazing. That's, that's great. Yeah. And so this is a Kahu Kamili from Tanzania. Um, I also get some really lovely, like, fermenty wine flavors out of it. Okay. Ooh, it goes nicer wine. Like a fermented sort of yeah. flavor yep. out of it. Big dark cherry. Mm. That's what I'm getting. I'm getting some kind of yeah. fruit that I can't place. That is, I would, it's that weird. is so totally different. It's what, I wouldn't expect that at Tanzania. I have to have, there's an, like a, I have to have another one. There's like almost a... A hint of tamarind towards like the mm, finish. That's interesting. You could chow through a bottle of that real yeah, quick. Yeah, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nope. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's just, I think one of the most amazing things about this is it is very similar to a whiskey. Mm. You've got a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. Yes, yeah, definitely. Wine. Always has a beginning, a middle, and an end, yes. and it's an experience. Good wines, good whiskeys, good coffee good ha- tell, tells a story, yep. and as opposed to what we're so used to with bad chocolate, it's one-dimensional. It doesn't really tell a story. Mm. Now, don't chew that up. Slightly chew it and move it around your mouth. Let it melt down, and you'll find that it brings out, the heat brings out yeah. so many more flavors. Right. The nuances and, and, and flavors. The hardest thing with chocolate tasting is letting it melt. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just want to go, go for it. Yeah. I'm that, way, I'm that way with lollipops. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> I can't chew gum. I, gum is like another candy. I'll chew it up, get all the flavor, and just swallow it. Swallow. I'm like, I'm done with it. <laughs> next. Yeah, next. I have no more, no more need for you. That is um, an incredible experience. Yeah. So that one is, so Tanzania, Eastern Africa. You can try some Western Africa. This is Sierra Leone. I'm just oh. not a fan of Western Africa. I'm going to be honest. No, I'm not. I'm just so <laughs> is this 70 also? 70. Yeah, right. so same percentage, same ratio, uh, same ingredients. Different different color? Different color, yes. yes. Different color. Darker. Yes. Much darker. Look at that. Yeah. So same, 70%, but definitely different, different color. Different beans, yeah. 
So they will change in color. That's because the genetics of the bean themselves that will come out at this percentage. And speaking of terroir, I imagine the answer is going to be yes, but is there a terroir? So elevation, Mm -hmm. whether or not you're growing cacao near the ocean, what kind of soil? Is it volcanic? Is it not? Fauna around it. Yeah, Yeah. other trees are growing around it because... um, if cocoa is being grown in you know, a sustainable way, it should be grown with other trees nearby. Oh my god! So I got like roasted nuts in this one. Yes. I would swear there's roasted nuts in here. Yeah. That is totally like a, different. a pecan oh. sweet, like a, a sweet pecan. That yeah. is totally different. No acidity at all in this. No. Very very low acidity. Yep. Yeah. That is phenomenal. Yeah. We um. Wow. Yeah, chocolate's a phenomenal product from yeah. tree to finished. Correct. Yeah, It really is. And terroir, um, other trees are growing nearby, absolutely other flora and fauna, how you're taking care of the soil, nutrients in the soil, um, as well as different weather conditions. If it rains, yeah, I'm sure. if it's raining a lot, if you're flooding a lot, yeah. um, obviously that's going to affect fermentation and drying. Change. So that's going to change your flavor as well. We, uh, we are lucky enough to have a space to podcast today because <laughs> of uh, spacious... Yeah, we'd like to give a big up and to James, Spacious. Uh, thank you so much for having us. James, uh, thank you. Do you want to try the world's best chocolate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're all different kinds. Thank you. Just kidding. He's in. That's so good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so if you listen to this podcast. You can try all of these. If you listen to this podcast, the, the way to do it is to get this chocolate, listen to it, and she will, it. the chocolate educator here will, will tell you when to try it and what to look for. Perfect. There you go. We got you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, James, James. Thank you. So obviously other, other uh, East Africa, West Africa, and uh, Belize. Belize. Oh, Belize. So also 70%. Um, this is from Maya Mountain, Belize. Uh, one of our long... traveled to dive. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's one of our... Uh, one of our uh, longest-running uh, partnerships, we, we've really, really loved working with My Mountain. Actually, both My Mountain Belize and Cocoa Camille Tanzania, we do trips every year where we bring anybody Whoa. from the public who wants to visit a cocoa farm to go oh, see cool. them. Yeah. That's totally different. Mm. Um, that has a flavor profile I can't put my finger on. You don't need to. It's good. This I find definitely different. Is it, ra- is, it, is it raisin? Is it raisin? Plum and prune. The, yes, <laughs> that's what I'm getting. I'm getting like prune. Plum and prune. Yep. I'm getting prune. That is. I didn't realize you could do this with chocolate. It's yeah. A lot of agricultural products within our industry. Yeah. It's complex. To this, yeah. that's yeah. amazing. And it's just like I'm saying. Like I don't know how you can make two of them taste the same. You yeah, know? they're just yeah. on their own, so different. I think we're gonna have to revisit. This is a this is a, this could be a two part series. Yes. Like we're gonna have to revisit this. Come out to San Francisco. Come out. I, San I, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Our next time out in San Hopefully Francisco. Hopefully, invite me. Yeah. This is an amazing experience. How do we, how do we find you, and sure. and how can we order this, yeah. and where is it available? So, Amazon. No, not Amazon. Wow. <laughs> Rock on. Not on Amazon. <laughs> Good. Dandelionchocolate.com. So we have our online store. We ship all over the world. Our factories are both in the Mission in San Francisco. We also have a location in the Ferry Building. We have a pop-up right now in Los Angeles. So if you're in Los Angeles, you can also go there and get our chocolate. 
Um, and about four years ago, we opened up a factory in Tokyo. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. So a factory in Tokyo, as well as four other retail locations around Japan. So if you're out in Japan, you can also go get chocolate out there. Um, and then we also have retailers all over the country. Um, if you go under our website, again, dandelionchocolate.com, um, we have a little Google map that'll show you every retailer that we work with where you can buy our bars. That's and can you tell me how much a bar is? Yeah, so uh, the Maya Mountain and the Coco Camellia Tanzania, those are both 850. And then the Sierra Leone is 10, and the 100% is 12. Very good. That's amazing. It's a great price point, and too, yeah. for the quality. It's amazing. Yeah. There is so much information here. Do you do, like, experiences and classes? Absolutely. And guide, like, guided, like, cupping for coffee? Do yeah. you do, you can... So when I'm not out uh, out at festivals, out at shows or yeah. off-site, um, we have a whole team of people at Dandelion where we teach classes and we lead tours every day at our amazing. 16th Street factory. Oh, that's cool. We do about three or four tours a day wow. um, of the space. And then we do a bunch of different classes. We do an ingredients class, which teaches you... What's in chocolate? Like, what am I tasting when I go into the supermarket? Um, we teach a tasting class, which is very similar to so like this, teaching you exactly what all the different tasting notes are, how to taste chocolate. Um, a history class, a sourcing class, more about where we get our chocolate from. And we also teach a series of chocolate making classes. So if you're interested oh, if in you're doing interested. that whole process from at the home, scratch. if you want to go start your own chocolate factory... Yeah. Uh, you can always come to us, and you can learn how to do that's, it at home. I make really chocolate cool. at home, as well as going into work at a chocolate factory. That's amazing. It's a very it's it can be an all consuming hobby. Uh, it sounds sure. like it. I'm sure. But it's a it's a really really fun one. It's a really cool one if you um if you like you know DIY projects and engineering yeah. at home and that sort of stuff um, and food. That's um, making chocolate at home is great too, and we also teach that in our factory. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Thank th you very much. Yeah. This was that was an education. Great. Yeah. This <laughs> was no idea. An education experience i had no idea yeah, i cannot thank you enough for sharing Absolutely. and uh yeah hopefully we'll we'll have you on again yeah and uh check out dandelionchocolate.com uh, oh, yes. absolutely savor those flavor man awesome <laughs> freaking awesome thank you christine thank you all yeah, right thank you for thank having you. me on Thank you. Thanks for stopping by and listening in. Check us out as well as other great podcasts at Food and Beverage Magazine's Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And remember to eat, imbibe, and dream. See you next show.